Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Ethan Suplee. Welcome to American Glutton. Outside of acting, my two favorite things to do are diet and eat. I have a very complicated relationship with food, and on this podcast, we're going to talk about all of it. Food as entertainment. Food as sport. Food as fuel. I'll talk to experts and the average person, just like you and me. Corona update. Dispatch number. I don't know what, because I don't know what day it is. I don't know what time it is. I don't know what the date is. I don't know anything. I am here to talk to you and talk to others about the coronavirus, because that seems to be the number one thing on everybody's mind right now. While we're quarantined, we are quarantined and we are going to get through it together. This is the positive spin. You see, I am being positive and I'm relaying positive energy to you. And therefore, I am feeling positive myself. That's how this works. That's how we can do this. Can we get Gary V to call in and just say, you can do it. You got this. You can crush it. And then we'll look outside and see the rubble of the city that once was Los Angeles. And we'll know that we have to go and hunt coyotes for dinner. And that's how we're going to live from now on. God, I hope that's not true. Uh, what's going to happen, guys? What's going to happen? I don't know. Today, I'm going to talk to Grant Roberts. Grant Roberts is an actor and a trainer and a bodybuilder and a powerlifter. He has a granite gym in Beverly Hills where they do all kinds of super high-end stuff like bioelectrical stimulus while you're lifting weights, DNA testing, full 3D body analysis. I have had the privilege of training there. That is where I filmed a men's health video. We did a push workout, which a bunch of people saw and liked, and it was kind of like an audition tape to be the next Richard Simmons, which I didn't get the part. Nobody wanted to hire me as the next Richard Simmons, which is probably better for all of us. just want to say again that... I do believe in positive mental attitude. I do believe in PMA. And I think that as long as we have that as some kind of mantra, we are going to get through this. You can find Grant on Instagram at Grant Roberts Fit or go to GraniteGym.com. Grant. Ethan. Hello, brother. What's going on, man? Well, as you know, we are in the midst of an apocalyptic quarantine. What? what yeah. To me? Yeah. We're not allowed outside in groups of more than one. Is that what is that the definition of a group now? 
I think so. I think I think you're now well, you're officially considered a group if you're walking outside alone. Well, you're 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 a pretty big guy, so I can see that you being a group. Yeah. Well, I listen. You're a big guy too. You're probably a group. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. Kumiel maybe gets away with not being a group. Oh, I'm not going to say that. He's not. He's not as big as us. Oh no, no. But the two of them would be. Two of them would be a group. Oh, yeah. but then, but then that's that's that technically that's against the rules. Yeah. Against the rules. It's got to be alone. So I want to talk about physical and mental health, especially with the barrier of, you know, trapped inside. I know it's not technically trapped inside like we're allowed to walk around. But Mm -hmm. but even, uh, you know, I live right next to a Griffith Park and Mm -hmm. I think they're like telling people don't go walk in the hills of the park. I I have heard that. I hope that that's not true. Um, I mean, I understand the safe distance. I, you know, basically, this is an airborne virus. You don't want people spitting on you or even the potential of a conversational spit on you. And then, of course, keeping your hands clean and all that stuff. But there has to be, I mean, it has to be something that is achievable by the human race. And quarantining us for extended periods of time is just not going to work. I get it for a period of time to lessen the curve, but there has to be some reasonability to it. How do we go grocery shopping? Well, even with the lines now, I'm starting to see they've laid out tape so that yeah. when you line yeah. up, you're properly six. And, and then I guess they only let an, a certain amount of people into the grocery store so that nobody can, so that you can right. f- feasibly not be within six feet of each other. Right. I picked up some takeout food last night and I thought I was going into a, a barracks that uh, was from the World War II. It looked insane how... They were regiment. I get it. I, I I appreciate it, but um, there is a level of sanity I think that needs to be understood as well because panic is not going to help the situation. Yeah, my my uh, my wife and one of my daughters who is who is an adult, but we live together. I mean, you know, she's back home from college now because everything shut down, and uh, they were yeah. going on a walk in our neighborhood, and a jogger mm-hmm. ran by and screamed social distancing at them because they were not six feet apart. And, you know, I just... In your household, you can be as close as you want to if you're in your household. Right. We live together. We're, 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 you know, we're in the same house. We're not six feet apart in our house. And therefore on a walk, those two shouldn't have to be six feet apart. I don't, I didn't really understand the guy's point there, but... You know, well, people I think that's serious. the problem is that people genuinely and generally don't understand, and that's how these myths and misconceptions and and, and we can go, we can talk about anything that we can see how it explodes. You've heard that, that that game that you can play where you whisper something into one person's ear, and by the end of the line, it's a completely different story. Yeah, uh, so we're not as a society, we're not doing ourselves any favor with mass hysteria, confusion, and, and the way we are addressing this virus. I think there's, if you would ask 10 people what their opinion is, you would get 10 very different answers. And since this whole thing is so new, we kind of don't have any real solid science. I mean, listen, I understand the stay six feet away from strangers. Like, that's pretty firm. Mm-hmm. That's been reaffirmed over and I do over. That. I do that even when we're all healthy. Right. Other than like an elevator or, and I don't like going to concerts really, I do that too. Like, I don't want to be in proximity to strange people. Right. Right. Um, what, what, what are some things that we can do at our house that can like, because I come to you for, you know, certain techniques that I would not know of, I wouldn't think of. What are some things around the house that might be helpful? Yeah, great question. I, I think the one thing that people aren't thinking about is the root root cause of this, and that is a compromised immune system. So the very first thing that everyone should do is embrace this as an opportunity. Life is a paradox. And and you, we can talk about all the paradoxes that exist, but the one that, that I would like to suggest is take advantage of this time and take control of your health. And step number one is go into your kitchen and clean it out. We should be eating foods that have one ingredient. That's what food is. Um, you know, I, I made a joke on Instagram uh, the other day where I, and it, but it was actually true. I walked into the grocery store and all the middle aisles, which is all the crap processed garbage food, was stripped bare. 
but there was plenty of meat, there was plenty of vegetables, and I just shook my head thinking this is what Americans do. They're grabbing soda, they're grabbing chips, they're grabbing whatever they they think is going to sustain them, and they're hibernating, watching Netflix and whatever else they're doing. There's no activity, and they're going to come out of this um, unhealthier. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Do you have? Do you actually think that 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 this is a recipe for more people getting sick, eating a bunch of unhealthy food, and not moving, or moving much less than normal? One hundred percent. Now, one, I want to be very clear. I don't subscribe to the eat less, exercise more theory because it's vague. We, you know, I, I I'm very. I want to change the lexicon of fitness. I think the language is completely misunderstood, and I don't want to get off topic. But I, you will never hear me say things like lose weight. That doesn't tell me anything. I don't know what you're losing. I want you to lose excess fat. I don't want you to lose water. I don't want you to lose muscle mass. So the, the, the vocabulary that exists today used by most professionals in our industry and, of course, the world at large, it's, it's completely inane. It doesn't make any sense, and we need to be very, very specific. So I try to always address things very clearly and distinctly. Whenever I do seminars or, or speak to groups, um, I'm never concerned about what I'm saying. I'm concerned about what they're hearing, right? Because it, I, don't, I don't want to leave room for misinterpretation. Yeah, we, you, and I have actually had that. We've talked about that a little bit because you're right. I mean, look, at the end of the day, language evolves, and especially mm-hmm. when you when you factor in kind of like nomenclature specific to a field, you can have words that mm-hmm. somebody is hearing in a different way than you're saying them. It's generally the case. Yeah, and so it, so, it might um, require so using more words. Foods, it, yeah. It's very vague to me because a healthy food, the only healthy food on the planet, is something that considers that has or, or can, can has in, within itself every essential nutrient that exists. And so that would have to have a protein. It would have to have all the essential fatty acids. It would have the complete spectrum of amino acids. It would have to have all the vitamins, all those. Those so so to, to use the word healthy food. Um, you have to be, again, very specific. And you usually have to eat foods in combination to get all of those nutrients. So, uh, you know, I think this is where marketers love to uh, dress up packages and make them appear healthy so that consumers are being fooled. And, and please, consumers, they need to realize the industry's job is to fool you so that you can buy their product. You could say that about eating clean, too. Eating clean, what does mm-hmm. that mean? That's pretty vague. Yeah, I think everyone will misinterpret it. The vegetarian diet gets very misinterpreted. You know, it's we always have to be specific. I personally don't follow a vegetarian diet. Uh, for people that are doing it for ethical reasons, I completely support that, and I will help you to do that. But if you look back at the history of man, at no time was there a successful culture that lived uh, on, on vegetation. It just it hasn't happened, and it's very difficult to do. Now, for people with ethical reasons that want to do it, I would support that, and I would show them and tell them the combinations of food that they need to have, so that they're not just wasting it on empty uh, carbohydrates. You know that they're actually getting um, value for their for the nutrition. Yeah, I mean, I've I've known a um, a number of vegans who at times will subsist on French fries and potato yeah. chips and stuff like that. Right, right, because technically it falls into the category. And then you get shocked when you hear like a. Um, an Oreo or a Twinkie or something, it has some animal product in it, which, so you know, they can eat a Snickers bar, but not an Oreo cookie, something. I forget what it was, but one of my vegan friends couldn't eat some something that I would never think had animal hoofs in it. Well, and, and I think the biggest thing with, with nutrition today, one of the things, so let, let's talk about the virus for a second. And, and obviously every human life is valuable. And we don't want to see a single person die, but no one is talking about the root cause of this which is in compromised immune system. And that starts by arming it with, with a complete um, profile of essential nutrition and making sure that you, your immune system is strong as it can possibly be. And that's certainly not the case in North American diet. We see massive imbalances, even in the essential fats. Um, but then the real problem areas, for, which is actually killing lots of people. Obesity kills 300,000 people a year in the U.S., uh, second only to tobacco. You know, so we don't see tax tax force coming out and saying, hey, we've got to stop these deaths. I don't know why we're not. It's a huge number. But then areas where we, we really rely on the government to step in, take man-made trans fats, for example. Man-made trans fats kill Americans. 
and they've been identified as being problematic in, back in 1994, which is 25 years ago. And they said they led to, they believe, 50,000 cardiac deaths per year. The, the investigation continued. By 2006, it was 100,000 deaths. The U.S. Uh, DA, which, trust me, they, they're duplicitous. They, I don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist, but in actuality, this is true. Their mandate is to make sure that the food industry is profitable. They do not care. Oh, I don't say, but they don't care. But that's their number one goal. Then it's very difficult to say, all right, now we care about human health. You can't serve two masters. And case in point, man-made trans fatty acids. In 2018, or sorry, 2015, they said, we've got to remove these from food. Now, if there was a bad batch of chicken in a grocery store, that would be pulled off the shelf immediately, right? It's going to kill somebody. Man-made trans fats, because they're highly profitable and they're ubiquitous and food, food industry has lobbyists in power. They said, whoa, 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 wait a second. Okay, we'll get it out of food. Now, this, look, I'm going back to 2015. We will get it out in three years. We promise we'll get it out in three years. 2018 comes along. Guess what? Can we get an extension? We're now in 2020, and they're still asking for an extension. They're, they are allowed to get this out of the food supply until 2021. What is the problem with getting out of it out of the food supply? Is it just a, a, a cost issue? They're saying because of packaging, because of ingredients, because of recipes, this would be a hardship to Twinkies and whomever else. And trust me, there's man-made fat, trans fats in a lot of products. Hydrogenated, partially hydrogenated or hydrogenated vegetable oils are what you have to look for on your ingredient list. And food manufacturers are cagey, right? They, they came out and you could find packages that say zero trans fat. However, if you look at that package of trans fat, there was a loophole. The loophole was if you had less than 0.5 grams of trans fat in a, in a serving, now the big question there is serving, um, you could say contains zero trans fat. So what did they do? They reduced the serving sizes. So serving size would be you know, one saltine instead of a package of four. And that was able to get it down so that you're, you're still eating the same amount, but according to the serving size, you, it, it met the regulations. I mean, that's so unreal. Most, most profiteers typically are sneaky. Right. There's no, I mean, listen, we see uh, reports on this and, and obviously it's in the language of America that there's a lot of obesity. There's a lot of unhealth due to that, but there, but there is no crisis. There's no task force about that. And hundreds of thousands of people are dying. Well, you, you have to question government. Um, again, I sound like a conspiracy theorist, but this is, this is a fact. Um, I don't remember the year, but it wasn't that long ago, and it got leaked out, and this was by the uh, Philip Morris, the tobacco company. They provided a study to the Czech Republic that said, you should promote tobacco use within your country because it will, based on this, I'm paraphrasing, but it will kill off the older people so you don't have to put them on Social Security. True study. It exists. Look it up online, Philip Morris, and uh, supported by the Czech Republic. And don't Kid yourself that this isn't happening with man-made trans fats here in the U.S. and other products that everyone knows uh, will eventually hinder their health and or kill them. You know, look at what Bloomberg was trying to do in New York years ago with reducing soda, and he banned trans fats in restaurants. You know, I had to take my hat off, and he got a he got given a really hard time. And he wasn't telling people don't do it, and I don't tell people don't do it, but I want to educate you. And then if you want to do it, fine, be my guest. You're educated. You're a big person. If you want to kill yourself, go ahead. Yeah, that's nobody good. thinks that tobacco is good for them. Nobody. Right. That that I think morally that would be my position too. Is like if somebody knows that something is harming people and they tell and they let us know this thing can harm you, then it's on us if we choose to consume right. it or not. But right. I I I certainly don't. I mean, I do remember a, a bit of a bit of a story about trans fats, and then it just kind of went away. And I think it was maybe that you know they got ordered to remove it, and so then we just thought, well, that problem's done. But it's surprising that they still haven't removed it. They haven't, and then that, that's the nature. I mean, people know what they can get with, especially people with big pockets, know what they can get away with, and they play the waiting game. And it's all about in the in the interest of one thing and one thing only: money. Right. And so if we're going to say it's up to the individual, if they know everything, are we, I mean, is that the same for what we're dealing with now? As soon as we really understand this thing, it will be up to us to decide whether we go and freely associate with other people. 
Well, that's a great question. And, and, you know, I think you're seeing the governor of New York lean in that direction right now saying, hey, listen, if you've contracted it and if you're now negative, um, you should think about going back to work. We all know that this is uh, affecting, uh, let's call it 2% of the population. It may be a little bit less, maybe a little bit more. And we genuinely don't know. But the statistics that are coming in so far show that it's typically the elderly and people with compromised immune systems. So my argument is this, is why don't we boost our immune systems first and foremost? Why don't we take steps to do that? And, you know, here's what you have to realize is that bacteria and germs are not necessarily our enemy. They outnumber us within our own human body. We are, there's more bacteria than there is human cells. And again, this is the paradox, you know, um, hormesis is the term of introducing a toxin. You've probably heard the saying, that which does not kill you makes you stronger. In essence, that's what strength training is, right? When you're lifting weights, you're tearing stuff up, you're breaking, you're causing damage. And then with, with nutrition, repair, and time, uh, you come back bigger, stronger, better, better prepared to, to face it. Well, hormesis is exactly that, where you introduce a toxin to the human body and it becomes resilient. Um, in some cases, with the weakened immune system, you don't become resistant and it does kill you, though, so that that which does not kill you makes you stronger theory is actually true. So our job should be to try to make our immune system and our bodies as physically strong and resilient as humanly possible. And that's not that difficult to do, but it does require an education. It does require a desire. And that's where the brain comes in. You at some point have to say, okay, enough is enough. I'm going to make healthy lifestyle decisions and make a change in my life. And then you've got to seek advice from a professional that you can actually depend on. And I think that's where the lexicon comes in. That's how you identify the person that knows what they're talking about because they're using the, the terminologies and the words that, that aren't vague, that are clear, and they stand by their work and they prove it. Anybody that comes to me, the first thing I do is a body composition test, then I'll do a 3D scan, and I'm doing this so that I can show them where they're going and, and how effective our time together was. If I wasn't good at what I did, I, I couldn't show that stuff. Yeah, I, I guess I guess the the only problem I see with with all of this is is I don't think a huge deal was made. There was no public outcry that trans fats were poisoning people. I do I know some people got upset about that, and some people are well, here, still here, upset. I'll tell about you. It. I'll say sorry to cut you off. I'll yeah. just tell you why. Because then the food people would come out and say, "Well, wait a second. There are uh, small amounts of trans fats, not man-made trans fats." within uh, the human body. In fact, uh, I believe lactose is, uh, milk is, contains one, but it's a minute amount and it's natural. It is not a man-made. The, it's the man-made processing. And so they want to confuse you. They want to say, wait a second, you know, you can't categorize it because uh, all, not all trans fats are bad. And that's absolutely true. But we're talking about man-made trans fats. So they did throw that into the arena and that, you know, put the wrench into the cog for a second. And and the courts had to sit back and go, okay, well, how do we get around this? But the answer is hydrogenated and partially hydrogenated, where they're adding metal to the heated vegetable oils that create a longer shelf life. And here's our problem with why omega-3 is so deficient in the North American diet. Food, manu- food manufacturers take that out because it spoils quickly. No shelf life, no profit. So we're seeing omega-6, which is veg- basically a vegetable oil uh, categorically, um, not all of them are bad, but it does extend shelf life. But in the human body and the human nutrition plan, three and six should be on a one-to-one ratio. And we're seeing it hugely skewed in favor of six. Now, the easy way to understand that is omega-6 is inflammatory and omega-3 is anti-inflammatory. On a one-to-one ratio, there's, it's, it's symbiotic. Everybody's happy. But when it's out of skew, you've got inflammation. And inflammation is just another word for disease. Right. It's one thing to come upon this data, but then it's another thing for a guy who was raised eating fast food, mm-hmm. who, who, where, how, how, how do we get the information to them? Do, do you know what I mean? Like, I think. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. And that's my mission in life, Ethan. So there's a couple of things that I want to abolish. I want to abolish the body mass index. It's egregious. It was created in 1835. It's, uh, you know, if you can envision it in your mind, you've, we've all seen it in our schools and our doctor's offices and wherever else, it's a linear graph of height and weight. Look closely, nowhere, and this is what I don't understand. This, this shocks me that we can be down the road this far and nobody's even thought about this. Nowhere on that graph even does it ask you your gender. Right. Kind of important. 
So should a I'm just about six two. So should a, a female that's six two weigh the same as me? I would say no. I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. I, according to the graph, she doesn't exist. Children don't exist. The graph was created in 1835. It was never meant to measure obesity. It was an observational graph done by a guy named Adolf Quetelet. In in uh, he was a Belgian, and he was looking at the military at the time, and they were looking at, at uniform sizes. It was later brought down. I'm going down a whole snake hole here, but there was a there was an idiot called Ansel Keys in the 1950s. And he's the father of the low-fat diet. He's the reason for obesity to the scale that it exists today. Uh, an American uh, scientist who said, and he oversimplified the process, we're getting fat because we're eating too much fat. And everybody gobbled it up with a spoon and said, well, that must be true. He doctored a study. He wrote a book. He, wrote, he had a study where he looked at 22 countries. 15 of those countries did not fit his hypothesis. So he changed the title to the seven-country study all of which fit his hypothesis, saying that these countries eat this way and there's less obesity, less, less fatness. And uh, in order to create this uh, graph, and he re-implemented the, the body mass index. The body mass index, number one, does not measure obesity. It is height and weight. It tells you nothing. If it tells you anything, it tells you Americans are too short. <laughs> right? All I know about the body mass index is that even when I had a resting heart rate of sub 40 beats a minute and I was riding my bike hundreds of miles a week and I was 200 pounds and 13% body fat, that I was still overweight. And my doctor said, no, you got to get to like 185. And I just thought like, I'm already too thin. This is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're, we're in the same boat. Every athlete in the world will fail a body mass index. So that's kind of problematic in the beginning. And if you look at the government guidelines and regulations of what they do to attain, quote unquote, a healthy weight, not me using the word weight, the government, when they say that, guess what recommendations they do? They talk about cardiovascular exercise, not the cardiovascular exercise is bad for you, it's certainly not. But guess what happens when you lift weights? What happens to your BMI when you put on some muscle? It goes up. Yeah, you're fat. You're considered fat. Yeah, according to according to the graph, this oversimplified graph, you are fat. Every athlete in the world will fail a BMI. So therefore it's it's problematic. It's not it's telling people, basically it's telling people don't lift weights. And we all know that if you want to lose fat, the best way to lose fat is weightlifting. Now, all the other elements are incredibly important, getting rest, getting sleep, doing cardio, all of those things, but weight training bar none is the most effective method. Yes, for losing fat. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you want to lose muscle and fat and water, then just do cardio. Do cardio, and that's and that's a big message uh, to your listeners: is that um, when you understand the fuel system in the human body, and you understand glycogen, and you understand once you deplete it, what the next available fuel source is, people have this erroneous belief that sweating equals fat loss. Sweating equals water loss, and nothing more. It's ninety nine point nine percent water. Um, when you're on that cardio machine and you're running faster, you thinking the more fat I'm burning, you could not be more wrong. Fat requires oxygen to be used as a fuel. So slow, slow and steady is always going to win that fat-burning oxidation race. What, what happens is once the glycogen, so your fuel sources change based on your activity and heart rate and oxygen, oxygen availability. When your heart rate is elevated, you're primarily burning glycogen. We always burn ratios of fast proteins and carbs, but doing a higher elevated heart rate it's mostly glycogen. And once that glycogen is depleted, the next fuel source available is not fat, it is muscle, and that's why you lose muscle with excessive amounts of cardio. Just look at marathoners and what they're doing in the middle of a race. They've got to drink their Gatorades, they've got to take in goo, they've got to take in glycogen because they will bonk. That's the fuel source they're using. If they don't put more in, they will not make it to the end of that race. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Look, I get real fired up talking about health and fat loss and muscle, and I and I feel like, yeah, we can do this. We can do this. And then I just think whoever, whatever corporation figures out the best way to profit from the current mm-hmm. crisis, that's mm-hmm. going to be the way we go. So at the end of the day, well, does any of this matter? Like, you know what I mean? Well, it, it does. It does because they're 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 loving this vicious cycle that the world is participating in, where they will crash uh, and they will they will starve themselves and they'll work out unrealistically hard 
And that's going to last for two weeks at the beginning of January, or it's going to last for a little longer in the middle of the year, but it does not last. And then they fall back into their old trap and they get fatter than they were in the first place. Shows like the biggest loser. Ask yourself this one question. If that's the method that's successful, why is there no reunion show? Why are we looking at the examples of all these wonderful people that kept it off? Because they didn't. It doesn't work. Excess, I don't want a tra- How long would I be in business if I was yelling at every one of my clients and torturing them and starving them? And I wouldn't, you know, but it's sensationalized and people want to watch it, but they don't want to participate. But it is not a system for success. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. So the word that, here's a couple of things. And again, getting back to these words and why the lexicon is so important and the changes that I want to make in the world. Words matter. Okay, so uh, the number one word is it's a lifestyle. Okay, something you can, will, and want to do for the rest of your life. Not something I'm going to do for four weeks and then I'll go back to my old ways. Guess what? When you go back to your old ways, you're going to go back to you. Bariatric uh, surgery is a horrible idea. Dr. Oz is a moron. He came on TV and said, this is the most underrated surgery in America. People should do it. He doesn't know what he's talking about, and he's a dangerous, dangerous person. Okay, bariatric surgery means reducing the, your stomach to the size of your thumb, and then you uh, take out half of your intestinal tract. So now you can no longer absorb nutrients, and you got to be on multivites uh, for the rest of your life. But guess what? The stomach stretches back out. Look at the studies. Look at the look at the, the statistics. Most people that do bariatric surgery have now have a compromised digestive tract but they get just as fat or fatter than they did in the first place because nobody told them, hey, you've got to change your lifestyle. Right. Does, does the stomach grow back to the size it was? Yes, like, it will stretch back just like, yeah, it will stretch back like no tomorrow. Wow. I didn't know now, that. Now, the other word that industry, and this is, answers your other question, the other word that industry loves and depends on, and you see it everywhere on every piece of gym equipment or every piece of cardio gym equipment, is the word calorie. Calories don't exist. They are a unit of measure. They're fictitious. They are not a thing. The human body does not burn calories. The human body burns ATP, and is in triphosphate, and it's generated from either of the, any of the macronutrients, fast proteins, or carbs, which is dependent on your state, your health, elevation, and a million factors, but your body is designed to hoard fat. That's what it's designed to do. It's nobody's fault. That's what, it, that's what it's meant to do. It will not shed fat unless it feels comfortable. So our job, especially as, as fitness professionals, is to guide people and give them the tools to say, here's how you do it. Here's you know, nothing where you do something drastic. Your body's job, it, once, it feels, once it senses starvation, it, it clings on to fat and says, get rid of muscle. This is expensive. This muscle is costing me energy. I have to get rid of it. Muscle, that's why muscle is so amazing. When you put it on, my biggest job, Ethan, and probably yours at the same time, is I have to eat to maintain the mass. I'm, I'm around 275, 280 at 6'2", and I have to eat a lot of food. If I don't, I could lose five, six pounds of, 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 of something in a day. I don't measure it exactly because I try not to do that, 
but it would be water. It would be a little bit of muscle and some fat. And I don't want to do that. Yeah. So let, let's get back to the word calorie then for a second, because this is critically important. A calorie is not a calorie. And food manufacturers love trying to think in the context of calories because then all food is equal. All right. So the makers of Coca-Cola, and I'm not singling them out because Pepsi does it and everybody else does it. In fact, the software industry, the soft drink industry as a whole came out and they said, we're going to help America. We're going to put a big label right on the front of the can that says 110 calories per can of Coca-Cola. And then when you turn the can over, uh, it says you're allowed 2,000 of these fictitious units. So what does that tell the average person looking at the can that says, hey, there's only 110, I'm allowed 2,000. You're going to have 10 cans of this or 20 cans of Yeah, and it's not going to hurt me. So trust me, they didn't put that on the can to help America. They put that on the can to sell their product by fooling you and thinking that a calorie is a calorie and all you have to do is follow this fictitious number and it doesn't matter what you eat and everything will be fine. And there was a study done in the 1950s in in London at at a, a, a Middlesex hospital where they took a group of obese patients and they divided them into three groups. One group ate 90% protein, one ate 9% fat, and one group ate 90% carbohydrates. And they, they, they were allowed 1,000 calories. So this was considered to be a deficient uh, negative diet. So they would have to, quote unquote, lose weight. The group that did the best was the group that ate fat. They lost 0.9 pounds per day. The group that ate protein lost 0.6 pounds per day. The group that ate carbohydrates, and this is the big answer, they gained fat on a 1,000-calorie diet because you have to understand your capacity. We have a very limited capacity to store sugar, carbs, glycogen, whatever you want to call it. Once you exceed that and you have one Oreo cookie or one whatever, that gets sent back to the liver and converted to and formed as a triglyceride and stored as fat. Because we don't have the physical capacity. We have an unlimited capacity to store fat. Obviously, we can build muscle and store protein. But carbohydrates, and, and the more muscle you have, the more carbs you can have because that's typically where you hold the glycogen in the muscle cell. But once those cells are full, and that's most of America sitting on the couch eating whatever they're eating and their, their cells are full, that's how you get fat. And it's also how you destroy your liver. And cirrhosis of the liver or non-alcoholic cirrhosis of the liver is very common. Uh, and that's metabolic syndrome. You know, the... The WHO, the World Health Organization, in I think it was late 80s or early 90s, they saw this phenomenon of this of livers being destroyed, and they had to come up with a term, and they called it metabolic syndrome. Um, but that's only because as we continue to devolve as a species and poison ourselves, um, we're creating damage to our bodies. Yeah, I mean, I went years without eating any carbohydrates, and and now I think it's the thing that I monitor the most. But I know that when I keep when I keep them moderate, I'm totally fine. Absolutely, yeah. But it's, I don't believe in a no-carb diet. I believe in a low-carb diet. And I actually believe in a 5-2 system where I cycle carbs, and I do. I never call it cheating. I call it loading because it's purposeful. I want to replace my glycogen, and I typically deplete over the week, depending on what my goals are. But I think people uh, want to create enemies and say all carbs are bad. They're not, and, and the only source of fiber is carbohydrate source. And fiber, of course, has no energy in it. It basically is a scrub brush that cleans your insides, and it's it's built satiety, it balances your blood sugar. You know, fiber is one of the best fat loss products on the market that people don't think about and know about. Um, but it is technically a carbohydrate. So, so, like even just fiber pills, if you're taking fiber pills, yeah, uh, yeah I recommend taking if you want to balance your blood sugar, if you want to uh, have, if you are always hungry. And I'm I'm genuinely never well. I, I force feed myself because I have to. But there are people that that um, that always feel hungry. Fiber will bring in satiety, and it will balance your blood sugar, and it will uh, do a number of wonderful things for you. Since this idea isn't going to make any company a billion dollars, how do we sell it to people? Education through truth. Just setting examples. Setting examples, giving them the information, and I, you know, I, I don't want people to listen to the words that I say and go, oh, that must be true. I want you to do it empirically. Everything is a study. You should be embracing the opportunity that you have right now, quarantine your home, to go, you know what, I, I want to do an observational study, and I'm going to do it with my family. And uh, I'm going to consume more water. I'm going to get rid of the junk food that I know I shouldn't be eating. I'm going to increase my fiber. I'm going to make sure that I'm getting a, a gram of protein for for a pound. If, if you want to simplify it, um, and just make these little strides, and you will see a tremendous difference in your composition. And it's the gateway 
to starting to exercise or vice versa, exercising, then you start to eat healthy. But again, it gets back to the message that this is a lifestyle. And I really have 10 elements that I focus on when I talk about lifestyle um, so that people realize that none of this is one dimensional and we need to uh, address the entire human body. What are the 10 elements? Well, um, the first one obviously is enjoy life. You have to realize that it's a lifestyle and you're, we're here to have some fun. You know, there's no starvation, there's no deprivation, there's no uh, pain necessarily involved. Sure, exercising can be painful, but you know it, I know it, it kind of feels good. Um, so that's number one. Number two is understand and eat well. Know that we have to provide all the essential nutrients that we have in the human body to order for the human body to thrive. Um, people don't get scurvy anymore, but uh, you know what scurvy is, Ethan? Yeah, it's, uh, didn't they handle it with like citrus fruits? Yeah, so that's why limeys are called People from London are called limeys. So way back when they were sitting in the oceans, they had a deficiency of vitamin C, and they got scurvy. And they, they somebody discovered, hey, if I eat limes and lemons, it, it, I didn't get scurvy. So uh, now that's just vitamin C, and that's just one nutrient showing you if it's deficient. If you don't have vitamin C tomorrow, you're not going to get scurvy. You don't even have vitamin C for two weeks, you're not going to get scurvy. But trust me, you don't have vitamin C for months and months and months. You are going to get scurvy. One nutrient, and the body needs many, many, many more. So it's just the, the, the idea that deficiencies cause disease. So make sure you're arming your immune system and you're providing all the essential nutrients you have, complete spectrum of amino acids, all of the healthy fats. Fat is not our enemy. Fat is wonderful and necessary and, uh, and important. Um, I guess number three is understand that all foods, I make maybe two categories of food. The other one is that all foods are not created equal and, and understand what you're putting in your body. Fourth one is um, holy fit. Realize that fitness isn't one-dimensional and, and we're all somehow to blame. Uh, some guys don't train their legs. Some women only do cardio. You know, it's, it's understanding that everything about flexibility, strength, endurance are all different systems and methods of exercise, and we should be doing them all, and we should be getting better at it. Uh, next, no brain, no gain. You've heard the, 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 the thing, no pain, no gain. I believe no brain, no gain. Engage your brain in this, the mind-muscle connection when you train. Understand that, that the brain's role is to continually learn and how exercise actually impacts the brain. Neurogenesis, the creation of new brain cells, takes place when you put oxygen and blood in your brain. That's exercise. Plasticity takes place when you put information immediately following exercise. There's a tremendous opportunity doing exercise and learning. And think about it. You've got a problem to solve. Do you sit or do you pace? We pace because the body says, hey, send some blood up here. I want to start thinking better. So understand how the brain works and that it's responsible for everything that you do, including the decision to start exercising. Um, the next one is understanding the paradox of stress. Stress can kill you, but you don't want no stress in your life. Stress is critically important to growth. Weight training, for example, is stressful, but it's, it's acute. We do it for a short period of time, and we reap the benefits from it. So knowing the difference between chronic and acute, um, which I guess leads to balance. Everything in life is about balance. We talked about omega-3 and omega-6 earlier. Everything is in that where where there's a yin and a yang. You know, our biceps and our triceps work together in unison. If one is with, for example, if your abs and your low back are out of balance, you're always going to have a sore low back. Um, then one of the ones that most people don't understand is rest, recovery, or sleep. We need to recover. That's, uh, that, yeah, that, that is something I've had to put a lot of extra effort into. Very difficult for a lot of people, but it's, it's so important. That's where our body regenerates. We don't grow in the gym. We grow while we sleep. Uh, the next is be accountable. You know, show up. Make a promise to yourself and actually do it. Um, you know, I guess accountability. And then last on my list is prove something to yourself. Take on a task. I don't think I, – I, I was a bodybuilder for a while, and I genuinely think it's kind of a dumb sport. But I think it is – thing to do once. You don't have to stand on stage, but go through the process of learning how your body responds to getting lean. When you think about what bodybuilding is as a whole, you're trying to preserve as much muscle as possible. You're trying to look aesthetic and balanced and, and you know whatever your image of beauty is, and you want to be lean. Um, try the experiment. Learn something about yourself. 
But do that in all contexts. We should always be challenging ourselves and proving what we're capable of because the sky's the limit. Those are the 10. That's amazing. Thinking about right now, the other thing that's that's wild is for the first week of this thing, I kind of was so overwhelmed with getting updates and hitting refresh on my phone to see mm-hmm. how many new mm-hmm. cases there were and where's getting shut down and and what what's when's the National Guard coming and are we under martial law and this whole thing that I I honestly, you know, thought the day before that, like, I, I'm going to take this week and write something. I'm going to take mm-hmm. this week and do something really productive and creative. And then I blew the week doing nothing. But, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, what a great time to kind of zone out from everything that's going on. Somebody will let you know if it comes to an end. I guarantee that. Yeah. And yeah. You, you can clean yeah. out your fridge and you can start practicing those principles. I, I, I think it is actually a really good time to, to and, begin. And you can something. start exercising at home. For right. If anybody that hasn't started exercising, there's no better way to start than body weight. I mean, you don't start Olympic lifting the very next day, it's a gradual process. You know, educate yourself. Look, uh, the, the, the internet is a, is, a, is a two-edged sword. There's some great information and there's some stupid, stupid information. Be smart enough to decipher the difference and then experiment for yourself. But um, this is a wonderful opportunity. There's always a silver lining. There's always, that's the paradox. You know, take advantage of the opportunity and take control of your life. Yeah, I've been getting gnarly workouts at home. Um just with body weight. And I've been, you, you, you know, using the principles of progressive overload. This is only week two, but I'm doing more this week than I did last week and shorter rests and kind of going closer to failure than I normally do in the gym. And, and I'm working every body part. Yeah. And you get to be quite imaginative too. And I mean, for people that have kids at home, you've got your built-in kettlebell, you know, start lifting them. If they're not too big, right? you know, have some fun with it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I even was doing um, some kind of weird leg curls with a towel that I was just holding and, and providing resistance for myself, which Yeah, was wild. Well, I used to, pre-bodybuilding, we used to warm up uh, before we went on stage with towels. And I mean, you can get an amazing static workout of a towel, and you can always adjust it so you can utilize different strength curves. But yeah, uh, you can be very, very inventive. I think I'm going to uh, look at posting some stuff on my Instagram for, for people that maybe are looking for uh, interesting exercises you can do at home. Please do. Yeah, I'll, I'll look at those and do them all. Please do that. I love I I love the inventive exercises. You know, I I get trapped in my routine of like and and feel very comfortable in. I'm in the gym six days a week from eight until nine thirty in the morning. I drop my kid off at school. I go to the gym. I make food. I get I do any meetings I have to do and and like it's super easy. And now when it's like, I can sleep until nine 30 and then go downstairs to the empty room and work out. Um, it's, it's not having a schedule is actually more burdensome for me than anything, Mm -hmm. but it does allow me to get a little bit creative with some of these workouts and try new stuff that I haven't tried before Mm -hmm. and figure out what's good for me and what's not. To your point, it could be a great time for people to try various diets and see how they feel on them. Yeah, and and really, the the good food is still available. Uh, America tends to panic at times, and and I think we saw the rush, um, which is problematic. But focus on your nutrition. Focus on anything that's important to you. Creativity is just as important for your well being. If you want, if you ever thought about writing a book or whatever it is, now's the time. Yeah, I think there's just still a lot of stimulus that's happening almost constantly that gets in the way of creativity, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, that's, I mean, I think we all suffer from, there are times where I don't feel like going, and there's times where I don't feel like training, but you just have to say, you know what, I made a promise to myself, this is who I am, this is what I do, and do it. And you always walk out feeling better. Nobody ever regrets going, oh, I really wish I hadn't worked out. That's it's the opposite, right? You feel terrible that you didn't, or you feel like you, you missed out. But again, it, I'm not trying to employ stress either. You want to understand that days off happen, and you pick up where you left off. Just be aware that um, this is a long-term goal. It's a lifestyle, it's something you can, will, and want to do for the rest of your life. If that's not in your program design, your program is no good. I've never once felt worse or guilty or bad leaving the gym. I always feel better. 
And I mean, it's the same with any of these things. If any of these principles indicate and you, and you start working with them and, you know, they're only, they're kind of only intended to help. So I think, uh, as long as we can get out of our own way enough to allow them to impinge and work, we'll be all right. Yes, we do get in our own way. All right, Grant. Well, thank you so much. This was uh, super inspiring. I can't wait to see how this shakes out, and I can't wait to get back. Okay, let me know when we're going to start. Let me know when we're going to start the interview. Yeah. <laughs> yes, this was the pre-interview. <laughs> yeah. Brother, when this is all over, we got to do a deep dive on conspiracies because I want to get I want to get all into the U.S. USDA talking to the right guy. <laughs> I can't wait. I have I have volumes. You want me to share an anecdote or not? I mean, yes. I will save it for the next. Episode. No, no, share the uh, anecdote. Uh, oh man, I don't know where to begin. There's so many. There was um, uh, all right, milk. Um, I don't drink milk. Uh, you know, they've done a great job at, 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 at pretending that it's the only source of calcium on the planet. Um, but uh, so the milk industry, uh, about one, two, three. Four editions ago, so let's call that either 12 or 16 years ago in the USDA guidelines, which come out every four years, uh, they decided that the three servings that they were uh, asking for on the USDA food guidelines pyramid, I believe at that time, it might have been the plate, I don't know, the pyramid, wasn't enough. Um, to be in the course, every serving represents millions and millions and millions of dollars to these guys. So they said, why don't we get four servings? Call up the USDA. Ring, ring, USC answers the phone. Yeah, we'd like four servings. Well, if you can provide us scientific evidence that four servings works, we'll gladly put it in the pyramid. Okay, leave it with us. They called a company. Um, I'm texting my brain right now. Called the ridiculous name, like like Convenient Research or something to that effect. I'll, uh, I feel bad that I don't remember the name of it now. Oh, Custom Research. That was the name of it, Custom Research. <laughs> and uh, Custom Research said, no problem, we'll get that. They provided a document that said 100% of physicians, dietitians, and pediatricians recommend four servings of milk. Um, that was a pretty big statement. But for a brief period of time, USDA accepted it. And for a brief period of time, four servings of milk was recommended for every American uh, in the country to consume. Obviously, somebody said, wait a second, 100% of physicians, dietitians, and, and pediatricians uh, so that the big question mark came. They didn't say what 100% of was. It could have been one guy who was all three. It could have been three people. But um, anyways, long story short, that's how simple it was to get their recommendation in. Now, what people don't know is USDA has been sued and lost twice for uh, bad behavior when it comes to taking bribes and or uh, putting in advice that wasn't necessarily true. When When they get sued and lose, do they fire the people in charge? Uh, no, they probably get a promotion and moved on somewhere else. You know how the system works. Uh, the, yeah, that guy became like a senator or the governor look at, of some look state. At, look, at, look at a certainly a separate topic of Wells Fargo. I mean, those crooks that did that thing a few years ago, they got their bonuses. What's going on in this world? Well, it seems that uh, if you're a real criminal mastermind, you get rewarded. Mm. That's what it seems like to me. Yeah, I'll give you one more. Orange juice. So this was uh, two editions ago. Uh, the uh, for the first time, I I I, I was a consultant with the Surgeon General, and um, uh, she was trying to get me to be one of the people on the uh, uh, board for the new guidelines. Um, but the year before this, uh, I was actually quite impressed. The, the the guidelines that come out, there's a big big book that goes with it of all the uh, studies and ideas that they have for uh, the recommendations that they're providing. And this particular year, as I first read the first sentence of the area, on it was a carbohydrate section, and they were talking about fruit juice. And it said, fruit juice is not fruit. You shouldn't drink fruit juice. I'm paraphrasing. And I'm like, oh, my God. This is the first time I've ever seen them come out and say, this is, this is true. You will never see the USDA say anything is bad because they have to support the industry as a whole. And then the very next sentence, it said, except orange juice, <laughs> which is a high source of potassium. And I'm like, what are they talking about? And then there's an appendix, and you can go back and you can look at all the stats and, and information on why they're making this recommendation. I believe that orange juice was 42nd on the list of good sources. They had to actually extend the list to 42 to get orange juice on it. But in bold print, it said 
Orange, uh, all fruit juice is bad, with the exception of orange juice. And I happened to do a little bit more research into that, and that was the time when um, Bush was president. And guess whose brother was on the orange juice board? Jeb Bush was on the orange juice board because they had a bumper crop, and they were trying to move orange juice. Wow. So therefore, uh, orange juice good, all juice is bad. But do you see? Do you see how hopeless the prospect of like uh, of having a healthy diet becomes when you when you're butting up against a machine that is that is that it is dependent upon the dollars of America and and the obesity of America in order to survive. Well, corn is still subsidized. There's no subsidy for Brussels sprouts. Um, you know, high fructose corn syrup is in everything and everywhere. And it's somehow subsidized, right? Like they're never gonna they're never gonna run out of somebody trying to buy it. No, we've got a lot of work ahead of us, and it really comes down to education. Uh, one of the things, the, one of the lights of hope that I do see is uh, I've been promoting um, that people consume grass fed beef. Uh, that's a whole show in itself. If you ever want to get to that one, but you know, I, I, meat has been demonized unfairly. Um, a grass-fed beef is amazing. It's good for you. It's uh, lean. It's healthy. It's it's got everything that you, you need um, because the animals are fed on vegetation, and therefore we get the nutrients through that. Uh, it's the feedlot animals that are that doesn't make any sense, right? We we take an animal out of the field, we put it into a feedlot, we truck grain into it, we feed it something that they're not designed to consume. They get exponentially fat in a very short period of days, generally 100, 110 days. If they were in there for 140, 150, they would die. Uh, so we're marbling this meat. We're destroying the health of the animal. We're trucking, you know, we're looking at the uh, carbon footprint that's associated with that. Why don't we just eat the grass-fed beef we had in the first place? It's better for the environment. It's better for our health. And it's now readily available. It wasn't before. It's But the consumer's our understanding and they're knowing the benefit and value of it. And you can find it in most grocers. Yeah. But let me ask you this, the amount of beef that Americans eat, could you switch that over? Like, is there enough open grassland that could be used to graze cattle to supply America with like, what if McDonald's decided well, to What if we got beef? rid of half of the cornfields? Right. Well, if the cows aren't eating them, we'd probably need to get rid of half of them. Right, because that's where that's where most of it goes. I believe as much as eighty percent goes to feedlots, feed and grass. They're much happier and healthier for it. Amazing. Well, we should do a whole episode on grass fed beef, and I actually think we should do a whole a whole episode on conspiracy theories. I love them. You got. I got plenty more. All right, brother. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Okay, Christy. Hi, Christy. So during the Max Disher episode, she says, I could have sworn that I heard Ethan say he never lets his heart rate go above 130 during his morning cardio. Why? Because I don't want to use muscle as a fuel source for my body. I want it to just be using fat. I know you can get your heart rate up really high doing like, um, like for instance, even weightlifting. If I'm doing really heavy deadlifts. While I'm doing the deadlifts, my heart rate is probably going really high, but it's not going to last that long because I can't do that many deadlifts because it's also going up because of how heavy it is too, right? But with like steady cardio, once you get too high, your body's going to look for, first of all, the muscle requires calories. The more muscle you have, the more calories you, you require. It's heavy. It's heavier by volume than fat. So moving it around requires more energy. Then once you get to a certain point, once your heart rate is high and held high, your body is just going like, how do we make this more efficient? You know, like riding a bike. There's a reason long distance cyclists or even marathon runners are super small dudes. None of them are huge dudes because... Their body's never going to let them hold on to too much muscle. Their body's going to go like, how do we make this run the most efficient run we can make it? Get rid of the muscle up here. We don't need this. Thanks for listening to this episode of American Glutton. I'm Ethan Suplee, and as always, joined by my chaperone, Paige Dorian. Follow us on Instagram at American Glutton Podcast. Sincerely.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.